I'm Tony Tardio. Hello and welcome to Darren Hinch's That's Life podcast, a podcast where we talk about the big stories of the past, the big stories of today, through the prism of Hinch's six decades in the media. In this episode, social media, Twitter and Facebook, the pros and cons, and dealing with trolls. Mr Hinch, welcome to That's Life. Thank you, Tony. Let's go. We're going to talk about Twitter today because, uh, you know, it's become a sewer out there uh, on on social media and Twitter is just one of the many different social medias. I notice you're on Facebook. Do you cop the same abuse on Facebook, Darren, as you do on Twitter? Not as much, not as much. Look, this is going to be a great topic today. I really want to tell you because I know you and your son, Damien, uh, you guys engage more with people than I do, and we'll get to that. But I'm, I've got to, let me just fill you in a bit. I'm on Facebook, a personal Facebook page, and I paint, put up pictures of me taking pictures of plants and flowers and things, <laughs> uh, and on my Goya walks around, around Victoria. I've got 26,000 followers on Facebook. I've got more than 75,000 followers on Twitter and my Justice Party Facebook page on which I post editorials about um, ju- judges and things, it's got more than 100,000 followers. Um, and sometimes a, a Justice Party post with 100,000 followers, a, a post about some awful justice decision will reach nearly a million people. So the the I'm only saying this because... Not to brag, but to say that the the reach of social media is amazing and scary. And the scary part is so much of it is anonymous and so much of it is bitter. Not only anonymous, but fake. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, you know better than I do. I didn't know this. Fake accounts put up by politicians and their staff. Well, by them, by anybody, really. I mean, you could... Darren, if you wanted to, if you could be bothered, set up maybe 15 Twitter accounts and they could all be arguing with each other about you. (laughs) Uh, you, Because you don't know. But what you do know is when they opened the account. And you can bet that if an account has opened uh, in the last couple of uh, weeks or months or whatever uh, and it's uh, pro-Daniel Andrews, uh, then... Uh, my suspicions, my antenna gets raised that uh, someone is there trying to push his cause. That uh, he, and, and a lot of these are government. I mean, I'm told by people who know that there's a department where uh, they work and they, they operate many different accounts and they target people who might be questioning something. But, but Tony, you, you, you recently, I remember this is one of the reasons I want to do this topic today because it's very important. Um, you had suspicions about somebody uh, as, a, as a bogus account and he said, no, I'm real, this is my real name. It turns out they, they wiped the account very quickly that that was a, 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 a bullshit account put a up bot. by they somebody who worked for the bot. government. Yeah, a bot. A bot. A Twitter it's, bot. Maybe, okay, maybe on things like Twitter, I mean, I put my own name up there every time, whenever I say it's me, maybe they should not have anonymous names and and people. So therefore you have to prove it. I've got it was a little blue tick, I think, 
on my account, which proves that I am who I am and I'm a genuine person. Yeah, Maybe well, that's I, I never go. got that. No, I, 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 mean, I wouldn't even know how to go about getting I that. don't know how I got it either. But that verifies that that account is you. Mm. Uh, Twitter has actually identified you as being that person who runs that account, which is a good thing. Isn't, isn't it funny? I've had Twitter now for probably, well, since I was at 3AW, so that's... Um, I remember the day you got it, there. Yeah, well, I didn't want it. Um, I, I was very, two things. One was that I tried to register Darren Hinch as my name and it was already taken. So I tried yeah, no, that slide. There wouldn't be another Darren Hinch. No, but somebody just, world, an, it was anonymous. Somebody registered somebody it. Used so, your name. So then I tried that's life, and that didn't work. So in the end, I tried um, human headline, and that's that's why. Sadly, that's why I'm stuck with it for ten or twelve years. Human headline was the one tag I could get up there, which I didn't really want, but uh, that was it. And I, I, I two things about this that I really gets me in how naive I was about Twitter. I remember on 3AW thinking, musing on air, wow, I wonder if I can get a 1,000 followers. And now it's 75,000. Um, but <laughs> there, there are things that I, I believe, this is personal, There's there, there are Twitter laws. I don't believe you should be anonymous. That's number one. I also... Don't like it when people beg for supporters, saying, look, I've got 4,800, can you get me to 5,000? I think that's vulgar. Uh, so I've never asked for followers, and I don't think you should either. And I, and I said before, I think you should have the guts to put your own name to your Twitter account. Yeah, I, I, I agree, particularly if you're making uh, comments or allegations or, or, or criticising something that's a, a serious issue. Otherwise, it's pretty cowardly, isn't it, hiding behind uh, an, an anonymity. And that's the thing is, because you're anonymous, uh, people tend to say things that they obviously wouldn't say to you face to face. True. They just wouldn't do it. And when you scroll down what's being said, some of it is pretty often terrible and well, disgusting. Well, in a court of law, you'd be sued for defamation, you know. Well, that brings us to, uh, to to something that happened on Twitter. I don't know whether you... Uh, I we got to be careful because we don't want to be sued ourselves, but um, the uh, reporter uh, on uh, Four Corners, Louise Milligan... Louise Milligan. ...who I think you know, is that right? Do you, you, you have I do some indeed. dealings yeah. with her? Uh, I have, yeah. She, she, she wrote, wrote a very good book, book about, about George Pell. George Pell. Cardinal, yeah. 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 Uh, now, uh, she um, tweeted something about Andrew Lamming... Mm -hmm. and uh, it turned out not to be true. And she, he then asked for an apology. Now, I know Andrew Lamming is not going to be in Parliament. He's um, done some things that uh, upset people, and uh, I, don't wanna, I don't want him to sue me, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But how do you, what do you think about the way the ABC have handled uh, what happened there? Cause right, I've got to be very careful here because um, Mr Lamming, through his lawyers... Um, uh, confronted me uh, about a tweet I put out about him. Um, and that was about allegations of upskirting when the woman in question was actually wearing shorts. Uh, I withdrew my tweet and I apologised uh, for, for that. Um, and I, I, I don't want to go any, any deeper into that because I don't want to... I, um, I don't want to I think I answered it and I think I was fair. 
in the case of um, Milligan, I'm I'm of two minds because I know people are saying oh, she's been she has to pay seventy one thousand dollars and fifty grand in costs or something, and the ABC has offered to pay it now. Part of you says, well, it was done as a personal person, not as an ABC employee when she posted it. That's one side of it. The other one is that she apparently had been working on Lamming and other people during the Four Corners stuff on uh, the Canberra bubble, if you remember, uh, which, without naming them, involved Christian Porter and, I'm told, Mr Lamming. So she was linked to that case and to Mr Lamming through the ABC. So whether the ABC should have paid it or not, or the taxpayer, because the ABC is the taxpayer, or her personally, it's a very disciplined one. I've got to be careful here, mate, because I could I could still get sued. Oh, I, I understand that, and I don't want you to talk about that in particular. My reason for bringing it up is that uh, the ABC has paid, they, they reckon, $200,000. Now, initially... Uh, she was offered the um, opportunity to apologise and to pay his legal fees. This is very early on, when the legal fees were $2,000. I'm reading this through articles. I don't know this from first hand. Now, that's, that's not the legal fees. That's the, look, I, I watched it on... I didn't watch it. I heard it, read about it on Sky that um, Mr Lemming has said that he would have accepted $2,000... Uh, if she'd apologised earlier. The minute I got the legal letter from his lawyers, I, I uh, wiped my tweet and uh, I apologised. And I actually didn't... Ne I never named Mr Lamming in my tweet. So my position was a bit stronger, I would imagine, than hers. And I put out one tweet saying that upskirting is illegal, but I didn't name him. Uh, but when it turned out that the woman that he was accused of photographing, and he did photograph her and deleted the photo, was that um, he was upskirting her and she was wearing shorts. So if you're wearing shorts, it's very hard. Even though you might think it's grubby, you can't upskirt somebody. Yeah, but the point I want to make is, why did the ABC allow it to get to uh, the point where they're paying him this amount of money? Surely they should have... Uh, you know, um, if they knew that it was something they couldn't defend and the chances were they were going to have to spend a lot of money, this is taxpayers' money we're dealing with. This money is better spent providing services. Tony, the ABC is a snail, right? They would have worked so slowly through so many departments, through so many people. By the time they get to anywhere, uh, the ABC is this is this absolute monolith, which uh, I've seen it happen. I mean, you know, our friend Paul Barber, who's uh, my producer, who died a while ago, he worked for the ABC. He used to tell me horror stories about ABC bureaucracy and how slow it worked and how it took... It was like this... Maybe it was an amoeba, but it was a very bloody slow-moving amoeba to get anywhere. So, so you think that's the reason that... Um... Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I mean, well, if, if, if they could have acted quickly, if they had one person have to make the decision, they would have immediately got the legal letter, they would have read it, looked back, looked at the tweets, said, is this fair, is it not fair? If it's not fair, kill it. 
It would, you could do it in 24 hours. Well, the interesting thing is Louise Milligan still has not apologised. So even though the money's been handed over, they she, she's not apologised. Well, no, that's not quite true. She did apologise, but but not well. <laughs> right. Right? right, and it's like, and I feel I know that very well. You either you apologise in full, you don't qualify it. You know, it's like Cuomo, um, the New York governor, as he resigned. He resigned, admitting he felt sorry, but then he defended why he felt he didn't need to apologise. If you're wrong, just say you're wrong well, and yeah. apologise. We all don't, make don't. mistakes, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah. And um, uh, that's it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, John Howard was unable to say sorry. Hmm. Uh, this is the point I was making on Twitter the other day, and the ABC that chased John Howard for ages for him to say sorry couldn't say sorry themselves. Same themselves, that's true. Look, but remember, during the, during the sorry apology, some politicians turned their back on it, you know. Uh, keep that in mind. Look, it, it's... I know the old... It was an Elton John song, sorry seems to be the hardest word, but if, if you're wrong, just admit it. Say, I made a mistake. or well, I was wrong. I was fed the wrong information. I got it wrong. Darren, let's go back to Twitter. Now, yeah. you're, you're still on Twitter. Uh, you obviously see some value uh, in Twitter and being on Twitter, otherwise you wouldn't be on it. What's the value you see? Look, because it, it gives you an access to the community, which is true. Um, I actually disagree with you and your son, Damien, on, on a couple of your tactics because I developed uh, over the years a Twitter philosophy which you may not agree with, I will put up a tweet uh, or I will answer a tweet, but if somebody then comes back and answers my tweet, I won't engage. To me, Twitter is not a debate forum, right? I will I will post a tweet about something I believe in. Like I said recently, um, scrums are, are ruining rugby union after watching the Bledisloe Cup. Uh, and I'll, 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 somebody may come back and attack me and say you're wrong or give me a reason. I may go back once, usually not, but I may go back once, but I'll never engage in a Twitter debate. And if you check me out over Twitter over the last five, six years, you may see one or two tweets from me about an issue, but then I don't I don't get into it. I see people go on for hours. I mean, I've actually gone on Twitter and said, hey, get off my bloody feed. <laughs> get off my feed. Go and argue in your own backyard. I don't need to know this. Yeah, Piss because off. once you've been sort of tagged into it, then everything that's responded in that line all yeah. goes back to you. And you, you're suddenly 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, and you're suddenly seeing 20 <laughs> tweets. Or say, Just go away. Get off, get off my cloud, all right? The other thing is um, don't do a Donald Trump. Well, I know he didn't drink, but don't do a Donald Trump. You'll never see me tweet after midnight. <laughs> Not much good happens uh, no. after midnight. I often get up at 5am to do um, sunrise and I get up 6am, 6.30 in the mornings anyway. I'll read Twitter and I'll read Facebook, but I will not answer or respond to anything till after 7 o'clock. I don't want people to see me. Even if I can't sleep one night and get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and sit around and read Twitter for an hour, I will not answer it because I don't want to be seen to be doing a Donald Trump and, and, and tweeting at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well, he was um, really... 
I guess there'd be an argument to say that he was elected president of the United States because of his Twitter account. Do you, mm. w- w- would you agree with that? I would. I mean, the man, he set American government policy on Twitter. I'm sure his cabinet didn't know what he was saying or thinking or agreeing to when they went to bed, when they woke up at 8 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, he's already tweeted, we will do this, we will withdraw from this country, we will do... And he would do that at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, I think... He, he was the most extraordinary president I think America's ever had. I, I would agree with that. Didn't he sack the uh, head of the FBI... Uh, what was his name? On Twitter. Como, no, Comrie or something. Uh, yeah, Comrie. I've forgotten his name. Yeah, Comrie. Sacked, sacked him on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> he virtually sacked the Secretary of State on Twitter as well, from memory. <laughs> it was in the Middle East or something. I mean, but and 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 that's when when Twitter blocked Trump, it caused him. It 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 it, it castrated him. It was amazing. Well, we don't hear from him in, anymore. You don't. You don't. Uh, there's nothing on Twitter. Nothing on Facebook. I think he, he, he started a new him. a new campaign, but didn't get very far. So he canned it. So. And uh, now with uh, Joe Biden, you know, totally different type of president. You very rarely hear much about him either. It's quietly going about government. But let's go back. Let's go back to social media. I mean, it, it's it's it is important. We've talked about this before. It's destroyed um, daily newspapers because people get their news from social media more than they get them from newspapers. Uh, I, I agree that the online papers like the SMH and the Age have have done very well picking up online readers and viewers. Um, but many people, especially young people, get their news, which is often non-news, from social media. And it's not being controlled and it's not authenticated and it can be dangerous. Well, what I like, though, is it, it gives you access to newspaper articles written uh, in other countries um, you can read an, a newspaper article yourself and then put it up on Twitter so that somebody else can read the same newspaper article that uh, you've read. Uh, I, I think in that way it, it, it works beautifully. It, it, Tony, it, you are so right. Um, my reading now, I, mean, I used to argue, if anybody opened my, opened my newspaper, if a guest opened my newspaper, I did, I'll be very unangry. You know, this is my newspaper. You know, to the extent that one of my producers, Michael Fraser, who did that, committed that crime at my farm once for Christmas, gave me a, a bunch of daily newspapers wrapped in Christmas paper. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but but now I can go a day without – I don't read papers in, 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 in the flesh anymore. I read them online, The Age and The Australian and The Herald Sun. But more than that, I get more of my information on Twitter because, as you were just saying, I go to Twitter – and I see an article in the New York Times or the LA Times or the Washington Post and I click on it and I subscribe to a couple of them, but I read them, the one that you know, interests me, and then I retweet them to other people which I think they may like. And you've got a whole world, a world of, of news that we didn't have before. Um, it really broadens uh, your ability to be able to sort of collect information, uh, doesn't it? Um, mm. You you do read the American newspapers oh, online, yeah. do you? Do you, you do that as you know every day, like you would with Australian newspapers? I, I read uh, the Washington Post every day. Um, I read a thing, an online thing called The Hill, 
which is about their politics. Um, I read the uh, New York Times, the the London Times. Um, I, I spend hours a day um, reading um, international uh, news. Well, I guess, um, you know, reading is a, a good thing. Warren Buffett, uh, that's all he does. He spends uh, all day reading all sorts of different stuff. No, he does. He spends all day making money. Well, well, no, his money is making money. <laughs> he's reading and then he might buy something and then his money keeps making money. Quite a, a remarkable guy. Uh, he is Warren, indeed. Warren Buffett. When did you first uh, come across him? Um, did, did, oh, were you aware of him when you were over in the United States working? Uh, uh, just by the end of it, yeah. He was just, he was just coming into, into the fall back then it's more back here in Australia. Uh, the last twenty years of um, followed his career and his his company, which has been one of the most extraordinary success stories in the world. You know. And his mate Charlie Munger, the old guy with the glasses, who uh, sits there quietly, and then when he says something, it's always pointed and sharp <laughs> and smart. He's he's fantastic. The the fact that they get hundreds of thousands of people to their annual uh, general meeting yeah. in Omaha uh, is, uh, is 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 quite amazing. Do, do you know what? Speaking of billionaires, what really annoys me at the moment during COVID, Bill Gates is one of the most generous philanthropists in history. He's given billions of dollars to issue to to worldwide issues, which he doesn't have to do, and he has. And during COVID, this crap that he's behind some evil world conspiracy. That the, that the vaccine will implant a thing in your arm that gives him control of your world and your life. And it's just bullshit. You know, it really angers me because this man has given billions of dollars to, um, to worldwide issues like malaria and HIV and other stuff like that. He's also being attacked for his links with uh, Jeffrey um, Epstein. 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 Yeah. He has now admitted that he um, it was foolish. He says that he did it because he because Epstein was approaching him about um, donation to charitable causes. Um, Epstein was a, a clever bastard, I tell you. He he built a, um, he built a, a, a he built a menagerie of people like Bill Clinton was on his plane. Uh, Prince Andrew, who's suddenly been charged now, and will have in real troubles. Well, I, I, to get, to get Bill, I don't to think he's been. We, Bill we should Gates clarify. We, we, he hasn't been charged, Prince Andrew. No, but, he, but hold on, hold on. Yes, he has. Um, his he, the Dufray, whatever her name was, the girl who's changed her name now, lives in an Australian girl. She has charged him in a New York court with right. um, with, with, with sexual abuse. Right, so so he has been charged. He has been uh, charged. Yes, he has. Um, he may not ever. It may not ever come to anything because he may not ever get to America. He kept saying, "I will come. I will." Um, in that disastrous TV interview he did, um, he uh, said he would he would cooperate with all the legal authorities, which he hasn't done. He's now at Balmoral with his with his mum. Um, I think his problem is going to get worse. I really do. Um, Jeffrey, her name was, yeah. Yeah, she's a Cairns girl, I think, or from North yes, Queensland. Yes, uh, anyway. Queensland. I mean, the damning, most damning thing, he says, I don't remember ever meeting her, and there's a picture which has gone around the world for the last few years of him with his arm around her waist when she was a teenager, and uh, and Epstein's, um, Epstein's uh, procurer uh, is, is standing in the same picture. 
Well, yeah, and an equally damning photograph of uh, is uh, Prince Andrew and Epstein walking through Central Park in yeah. New York years after he did a bit of time in jail for... Um, sex offences. Sex offences. Uh, good, good, good little bit of gossip. There's a great photo, and I don't know the background to it, and I don't want to imply anything. There's a photograph taken of, of Prince Andrew in Epstein's apartment opening the door to say goodbye to a... Um, a young woman, not, not a young, a woman, okay? And the woman he's waving goodbye to is Paul Keating's daughter. Catherine, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know the story, I have no idea, and why would I? Uh, but it was a, it just added to the murk. Uh, Andrew is a, I think he's in, in, in re real trouble still because I saw a story just the other day that, I mean, he could be sued by, by, the, by the Australian girl for... Um, Hundred million dollars. Uh, uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but he, he, he can't. Well, he can't ever go back to America while he was in the situation, and to pompously keep saying I'll, 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 I'll liaise and I'll cooperate with the legal authorities, and then refusing to, doesn't make him look good. Even though I mean, supposedly the Queen's favourite um, grandson. Um, I don't know why, but there we are. And in the middle of all this is uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, yeah. da the daughter of uh, Robert Maxwell. I, I saw Robert Maxwell once in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Did you really? He, he saved the Commonwealth Games of 1986 in Edinburgh, Scotland, if you remember, because uh, they, were, they were having financial difficulty, the African countries were boycotting, and he came in and uh, they did put a Games on. And uh, he was uh, uh, a, a, an interesting character with a big, booming voice, big sort of... If you, if you were to invent a newspaper magnate, he would be it. Never, he wasn't louder than Kerry or James or Kerry Packer or, or Frank Packer. But you're right, Robert Maxwell, though, was a crook. Uh, Robert Maxwell committed suicide jumping off a boat. But he, he raided, from my memory of the stories, he raided his his workers' superannuation funds dreadfully. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, it's quite true. She's his daughter, and the argument is that she was um, Epstein's um, procurer of young women um, and that she hired Giffray to to be a bedmate of, of, of uh, Epstein's and then he... Handed her off and palmed her off to um, Prince Andrew in three different places. The Andrew defence is so weak because he says he told that interview that he didn't remember even meeting the woman, and then he said he was the night she meant to be in bed with him, he was with his children at some pizza parlour. But there's a photo of him standing with his arm around her waist. Now, surely you might at 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 at, at, at the woman's house. Surely you'd remember that, wouldn't you? Well, I also remember something about uh, one of the uh, might have been Dufray saying that uh, he sweated a lot. Yeah, and uh, and he said, "Well, I've just got this medical issue where I don't sweat." <laughs> he, he said that when he was in the in the um, in, in the Argentinian War, he didn't sweat or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll watch that closely. <laughs> I guess you know he is the son of the Queen, so. Uh, on that basis alone, he might be given some privileges, but uh, he shouldn't well, be given any. The cops are saying nobody's above the law. Hey, let's go back to go back to trolls and um, social media. Um, 
Do you think I'm putting you on the spot now? Yep. I, I never ask you questions. Mm. Do you think you engage too much with them? Give them too much respect? Uh, look, maybe I do, Darren. Uh, maybe I'll listen to you now and uh, do it less. Um, I try and be civil when I when I when I talk mm-hmm. to things. I talk to people, and I try and stick to the issues. And um, and try and sort of uh, you know uh, make it a bit entertaining. I guess uh, I only do it when I'm not doing anything. You know, like <laughs> I look at the phone and I, uh, I I see what's going on and something might uh, pick me, tweak my interest and and I, I respond to it. Um, but maybe I should do it less, Darren. No, don't 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 tweak less. Just engage less. Yes, right. Well, the thing is. I don't want to engage with people if I don't know who they are. Yeah. And uh, I think they're an anonymous uh, bot account. Then what's the point? Because uh, they can say anything they like. Yeah. And, and, it, and they uh, can. I'll tell you one abusive. thing. Apart from Twitter, I love my personal Facebook page. I, I, I'm, I'm. You're only allowed five thousand friends. Okay, only. Um, <laughs> what do they put a limit on that? Do they? Oh man? yeah, you only had five thousand. So 5,000 friends, and when one drops out, I then add, add another one, uh, somebody I know. Um, so I've got 27,000, 26,000 followers but 5,000 friends. But I love Facebook. I, I put a picture up probably every day and I put something about my walk or some flowers or my garden. Um, this week I put up a thing about my new – I've started to grow garlic and celery and spring onions on my balcony and they're all booming, which is great. Um but it, it, that's a good, good, um, especially in lockdown, it's a great uh, involvement with people. Well, I guess that's what social media gives people, the connection not only here in Melbourne but all around Australia and all around the world. I've never been on Facebook, never joined up because mm. uh, I, I sort of think, well, you could spend all your life being on Facebook because mm. you just... It would take over, I would have thought. But Twitter, worry, I people see say to me, something... People say to me, oh, I've sent you a direct mail. And I say, don't. I don't read direct mails. I have enough trouble coping with Facebook and Twitter. I don't do direct mail. I do emails and I do Facebook and I do Twitter. That's it. I haven't got time to do any more. Yeah, well, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Mr Hinch, was there anything more you wanted to say about uh, social media and uh, Twitter before we close up? No, just you should be more disciplined, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Mr Hinch, we'll leave it there. We'll catch up next week. Thanks, mate.